Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, folks. You're all very welcome back to the Talking to Terrorist podcast on Celtic Fanzine TV. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please hit that subscribe button. Hit the alarm so you never miss an episode. Give us a like and leave a comment, please. A, a, a positive one, hopefully. Folks, I'm joined today on the podcast by Dan Orovich. Dan has been with us before. He proved very popular. Um, he's airman in Japan. We didn't have him on a couple of weeks ago because we left him on his holidays, even though he popped up on Sky Sports and a, a few other channels. But we said, Dan, we will leave you and we'll get you after the boys make the debut. If they make the debut. And what a debut they had Dan you're very welcome back to the podcast uh, I know you were on holidays so just fill us in a little about your holidays and the, the, the news in Japan when it broke that three players were heading for Europe well, it's good to be back happy new year to you uh, and to all your listeners um, yeah that was, it was some holiday I took five about four weeks off went back to the States did a week off in Vegas to sort of recharge my batteries. And then I went on to visit my family. And I told myself, I'm not going to watch any football to, to the greatest extent that I can. And I think uh, the whole time I was there, I watched the second half of the League Cup final. And I watched the final of the, the Mexican Women's League. And that was it. That was the only football I watched except for the American kind because I went to, to see an Eagles game and uh, then uh, uh, boy New Fly Year's Eagles Eve Fly. <laughs> Fly Eagles flying you know what we got the playoffs uh, we'll take it um, and then New Year's Eve came and chaos uh, and the best kind of chaos, a happy chaos, but uh, boy, uh, the timing, uh, the Celtic front office uh, certainly knows how to how to make a dramatic 
uh, New Year's Eve happened. That was, that was a party. It brought the fireworks early. Uh, and it's been all, you know, downhill since, and it's been great to, to re-engage with, uh, Celtic fans and engage with new fans and tell you about the, the three fantastic players that you're getting. And, uh, you know, welcome to the big show, uh, Daisen Maida, Leo Hatate, and Yossi Deguchi. I mean, what a, what a performance that was on Monday. Yeah, Dan, I, I want to rewind, uh, first, but because, uh, how we met, through, through the, the the medium of the media was when Ange Postacoglu, who a manager who I have to admit, and a lot of Celtic fans didn't know a lot about, we reached out to you to get the lowdown on him. It proved actually our most popular broadcast on the YouTube channel um, last year and also was in our top 30 in the podcast for, from from we started off two years ago. So definitely there was a lot of interest in, in Ange Postacoglu. You come in for a bit of criticism from some of some Celtic fans saying, oh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they were kind of going, oh, you know, he's blown smoke up Andrew's ass and so forth. Yeah. Now, we, we said the proof will be in the pudding. Ange has now made jumpers popular in Glasgow. He's brought, he's brought crew neck jumpers back into fashion. This man can do no wrong. We love him. Men, women, children love him. And you never said one word that wasn't correct about him. You said, just watch. You told us about the style of play, he, the football he played. And uh, we thank you for that. But he's had some up and down moments. He's had some, I suppose, poor results, a couple of draws. And he also, he was very light coming into the coming into the break with uh, personnel. We, we called up some young players from the B team. And but they were they were ready to slot in because he had them training and he, and I spoke to him at a press conference and I said this to him I says uh, the importance of the B team now playing the same system and he says no the importance of the B team players training with the force team so that when they are called up the intensity is not a shock and you spoke about all these things so how how do you think like um, you know, what's your thoughts on Andrew's first let's just say his half term report. I I don't want to say that he's sort of excelled. He, he he's surpassed expectations because I think, as you know, from what I said and from what uh, Australian media and from what J League followers said at the time, we had very high expectations of Ange. But I think we were uh, certainly measured, and we did urge patience. We urged yeah, you know, we urged everyone to trust the process. That was the whole thing. And I think Ange has proven that when you trust his process, you are rewarded. And that reward uh, comes in the form of silverware before Christmas, uh, a, a very attractive uh, style of play uh, now at Celtic Park and uh, some amazing signings uh, that have done massively well, not just on the pitch for the club, but off the pitch uh, for the club. And he's delivered all that in half a year. Year. So I think you have to give him straight A's. I think that even if you're grading him on a curve, even if you're grading him really at the, you know, the bottom of the curve, you have to say that he has done uh, everything that could have been reasonably hoped of him and more. Uh, obviously, there's still more to go. You're still six points down or three, I guess, three points down as of um, listening, six. No. Time, time is a flat circle, but. 
Well, we're actually four is, now because Ryan just dropped points. Oh, that's right. Sorry, okay, sorry. Should I should, should I go back and redo that so I don't no, sound no, like no, such no, an idiot? No, okay. you're, you're fine. You know, uh, time is a flat circle is what I'm trying to say. Um, but the point is, uh, doing pretty well and still plenty of season left to play. And if Celtic play as they did on Monday, uh, going forward, you know, the, the, the sky's the limit. And I think that we all uh, knew going in that if Ange has time to build his team, the sky's the limit. And I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, and we also had John when Kyogo signed. Um, I remember it was, a, it was a lovely sunny morning. Unlike, well, today is a bit a bit sunny, but um, it's cold. It was a lovely sunny morning, and I was having coffee when the news because the news broke very early. Nobody mm-hmm. knew he was signing. They had been, you know, kept very close to Celtic's chest because we'd been linked with like you know about 10, 20 players a day before, uh, and most of them bullshit. But Ange signs this player. I'm, I'm straight on to you. We get you. We get you early. We get you straight onto the show. Um, and we get the lowdown on him. And again, we get, ah, oh, this guy's just, you know, Japanese football. He's just talking this and that. I, I then got on to a good friend of mine who lived in Japan for many years, Baz, and he told me that Kyogo had played with his local team and mm-hmm. when he was starting off and he was, he was, you know, he was high end, a high end quality player. Now, he hit the, he hit the ground running when he came in. Um, and those who were saying blah, blah, blah were certainly not saying, you know, we're certainly eating their woods. And then he's had a few injuries, but he comes back for the, the cup final and it's the King Kyogo final. So again, I have to thank you for giving us the heads up because yeah. everything you said came to pass. And I'm so happy to have gotten the chance to do so for you and for the, for your, for the podcast and for your listeners. Um, you know, like I, I, I understand that there will always be... You know, people say, oh, you know, Dan's just, you know, J-League fanboy, you know, that I'm obviously pushing sort of a certain kind of agenda. And yes, you know, it's been my role as a fan, as a fan, as a blogger, as a Twitter user, as a writer, as a journalist, you know, that's to to promote the J-League and Japanese football. And this has been an amazing opportunity. And uh, now that y'all know I'm right... Uh, you know, we're, we're not, you know, I'm not going to, going to rub this in anyone's faces. I mean, I will a bit, it's not yours. Uh, you, you know, you knew it was up from the beginning. Uh, but really I hope that the takeaway shouldn't be that I'm right. The takeaway should be that, you know, the, the Japan's producing some amazing players, uh, amazing managers, amazing teams. Uh, and so I'm glad that y'all have gotten to enjoy Kyogo and that we'll, you'll hopefully get to do so uh, for a few seasons to come. Uh, and ideally, you know, with, with Daisen, Leo, and, and Yosuke uh, coming in, you know, you'll have plenty more to look at. And in a month, the J-League is starting up again. So you'll have plenty more players uh, to take a look at and uh, start putting your Christmas lists together. Uh, because, I mean, granted, at this rate, we're going to run out of amazing uh, players under the age of 25 pretty soon. Uh, but, you know, I'll tell you, uh, there's there's much, much more where, they're, where they've come from. Uh, and we're all just so excited that uh, the league and, and Japanese football is getting this sort of exposure. Yeah, and is Scottish football getting much exposure over now because of the, the influx of the Japanese players and the Ange factor? 
I mean, certainly Celtics getting the exposure. Uh, if you look at their, their Japanese language Twitter account, which they launched uh, in July after Kyogo signed, uh, it is now at 44, 45,000 followers, uh, which I believe puts it, I think it's still ninth uh, among European clubs. Maybe it's gotten getting closer to eighth, um, but that's all in half a year uh, compared to clubs that have been working on uh, their exposure in Japan uh, for three, four, five years and more. So to get that many followers in half a year is a pretty good sign uh, of how much how much of a reach Celtic has. And I, I said this in uh, my column at the start of the month. If and when Celtic decide to go to Japan for a friendly, do a preseason tour, I don't know if that will be able to happen in this summer uh, because of, you know, as you may know, there is still a pandemic going on. If it can't happen this summer, it can't happen this summer. If it happens next summer, that tour will print money. They can put those games in any stadium in the country and it will sell out. Nissan Stadium, 72,000 seats, it will sell out. Novaire Stadium in Kobe, uh, I actually don't remember the capacity, but I think it's close to somewhere between forty and 50,000. It will sell out. Kawasaki, Todoroki Stadium, 24,000, it will sell out. You know, it, it, it will, those will be some of the most amazing games uh, that Japanese fans have seen for a long time. The atmosphere is going to be incredible. And I feel pretty confident in saying that right now. Uh, I think that from the marketing perspective, from the promotional perspective, uh, Celtic have just gotten started. Um, it's one thing to, to do a Twitter account and to engage with social media. It's another thing to engage with sponsors, to really get marketing programs going, to establish yourself in a way that, say, uh, PSG have with their, I think, one or two, I think two stores in Tokyo at this point. Manchester City have a big following. They just ran a live pre-match show, like a half-hour program, uh, on one of the biggest sports news portals in the country uh, before one of their games over the weekend. Uh, you know, Liverpool, which has, I think, the biggest uh, supporter group in Japan as far as uh, Premier League clubs go. So there's a long way to go before you're hitting that level. But Celtic not only have the benefit of the historical association with Japan through Shinsuke Nakamura uh, and and that has sort of established it as the big team in Scotland, as far as Japanese fans are concerned. Uh, but now you have four of the best players in the country uh, and a manager who was universally loved here. So if the club can take advantage of that, if the club can get its marketing and promotional arm together uh, to handle that, and then do keep in mind, Japan is not an easy market to conquer. Asia as a region, is not an easy market to conquer because you, you can't take a one-size-fits-all approach and you have to be considerate uh, of each country's needs and each country's cultures and customs. If Celtic can do that, um, they can absolutely establish themselves among your Liverpools, your Manchester Uniteds, your Arsenals, your Bayern Munichs. You know, those are all clubs that have gigantic footholds in Asia, and Celtic are well positioned to become one of those. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you say now, you know, Celtic playing in Japan. That will be some away day, Dan, that I'll have to start saving now for because that won't I won't be able to get a cheap Ryanair flight to that one. But Oh no, no. Put 
start, look, if everyone listening puts, um, you know, you put a pound a day in your piggy bank, maybe two, maybe it's like five pounds a day, uh, you will be, by the time it gets to next summer, uh, you will be able to have one of the most amazing trips of your lot of your life. Um, I, I mean, I say on, on many levels that we look forward to welcoming you just because not only will it be an amazing atmosphere, but it will mean that we are past this whole thing and that life can get to normal because we are still in a pandemic. Our borders are still closed. It's not like Europe or the United States where things are opened again. and You can go if you're vaccinated. Uh, I believe Japan had 920,000 foreigners enter the country last year. I believe that was the number that just got released. And that's down from the 31 million that entered in 2019. Uh, You know, we had 300,000 for the Rugby World Cup alone when we hosted. So I do hope that we can, that we are in a position to, to welcome the madness that is, uh, you know, Celtic fans on tour in 2023, uh, because that will be a very special experience on a number of levels. And there'll be plenty of rice, wine, drink as well. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 I the, the Rugby World Cup was special. Um, I remember, I mean, it's been a while, it's been a while since we've had a team come to Japan and really bring tens of thousands. And I think the last time that happened would probably be the Club World Cup in 2015 when River Plate fans came, and I think about thirty or 40,000 of them. Wow. And, uh, I mean, you, you can't beat South American clubs coming for the Club World Cup uh, from Brazil, from Argentina. It's always just a sight to see. Uh, but I'm sure that Celtic fans, if you start saving now, you'll be able to top that in a year and a half. Well, Dan, if, if that was to come off, a trip to Japan would certainly be on the agenda for many of us. It uh, would be an amazing, an, uh, a once-in-a-lifetime chance. But um, for now, we'll have to be, we'll have to enjoy uh, the new Japanese boys. I was there, I was there on Monday night. Um, first of all, when the team was announced, the first thing we were looking for was the the new signings. Two of them were starting, one on the bench. We looked towards the bench and we thought, wow, how strong is our bench tonight compared to when we finished up before the winter break? So, got to the stadium. It was a good buzz. There was some TV crews out and around and, you know, it was nice to see some friends. Wish them Happy New Year. And then in the stadium, you'll never walk alone. And I think the Japanese boys, they, they must have been impressed um, because they certainly, they certainly got out of the blocks fairly quick. A dream debut for um, Rio, but his name is pronounced Rayo, I'm told by my Japanese yeah, friends. Yeah, that, 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 that is, is, is Rayo. It is, uh, look, the R is hard to get, and I think that's sort of, uh, it's funny because I've now lived here 15 years, and now I roll all of my R's in sort of the, in, in the Japanese styles, so and I can't do like the hard R. <laughs> like in the States, which is weird, but you know, it, it's just Rayo Hatate. It's fine. Yeah, that, that's totally fine. You're, you're, yeah, because he, he's, he, you know, he lived in Japan for such a long time and he says, you know, it's very respectful to get someone's pronunciation, pronunciation mm-hmm. of the name correct. So he was quick to me. He said, it's not Rayo, as in the Duran Duran song. It's Rayo. Yep. So I, I, I'll stick with that. 
But he um, he was man of the match. His passing was very good. His awareness on the pitch. Now, for a player who I I was lucky enough to attend the, the one of the media press conferences with him, and he looked so bored. He looked as disinterested in. In fact, he looked like he was going to go to sleep at one stage, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I watched those. Media. I watched that video and I, I did comment on it. it, it this isn't, uh, you know, I don't think it's the the the, the, the fan media's fault. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's the independent media's fault that it, it just wasn't a, a format that was really suited for that. And, you know, it, it's sort of, I think, every, as I tweeted, I think everyone needs a bit of grace. Um, and hopefully uh, the Celtic media team have learned to maybe do it one player at a time and... Yeah, and, and, get, and, and give you know give give those asking the questions a chance to um, you know to to ask a couple of questions. Maybe you know it, it was it was kind of one that went and it was kind of like this, <laughs> yeah, this, this the, isn't going to smash viewing records. Yeah, I mean the the interpreter. I mean, if, I, I don't, we don't like to rag on interpreters too much, but you know, it, it's if you don't if you don't have a good interpreter who's really on top of their game and understands everything and especially i think it was a, a remote interpreter so i've been at news conferences with with foreign players or, or coaches and if the interpreter is right next to them you know they can sidebar they can say oh did he mean this no he meant this and yeah, and yeah. when you don't have that as we and i experienced this covering the olympics it's awkward and if you guys as, as media aren't used to that it, it is really difficult. So it, it, again, it, it, it sucks, but that's just sort of what it is. Yeah, we 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 had an interpreter in for when a battle signed, and um, the, the 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 translator just couldn't get 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 the Glasgow accent. No, no. Couldn't. I mean, I, I've been talking to you guys for uh, seven, six or seven months now, and I'm I, I'm I'm still, you know, sometimes I just have to listen along and do my best. But and and it's it's not easy. Um, you're essentially translating between three languages. So, yeah. but they they like someone did comment. You know, he looked he looked bored, and um, I, I said, well, let's hope he does his talking on the pitch, and he did. It, it was it was it was a, it was a an amazing debut, and I remember Nakamura's debut, and his debut was was stunning as well. We 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 were really talking about him after that game, and like he just looks like a player that, like I had Matt McGlone on on the podcast. Matt Matt's a, a fancy and editor, and he's been around a long time. And Matt was saying it looked as if the players had been playing together for for months rather than rather than weeks. They were just so in tune with the system. Now I know Maida had played. You know, with Ange before, so Ange, you know, he knows what it's all about. Mm. But I really thought Rayo was really, really good. And then, you know, all the talk probably before it was of Maida because you know, you know, everyone loves a striker, everyone loves a goal scorer, mm-hmm. and what a dream start for him as well. First touch of the ball, you know, and the ball could have been <laughs> the other end of the end of the the pitch. Hibs had a great chance at the start. Ball goes up, and. You know, forced, and you can see Ange giving it. He's giving it loads on the sideline. You don't leave Dyson Maida in that sort of space. You're just, it's just, uh, I'm just looking at that clip and it's like, what were Hibbs doing? You can't do that. You can't give him a meter of space. He had half the pitch all by his lonesome. He could have like set out a chair and read a book and waited for that pass to come to him. Um, and you can't do that. He is, 
as I uh, just a natural born killer. If you give him that space, he will hang you with it. It is just brutal. Um, which it's he's not, you know, he's not the kind of player like a Hatate, for example, who will take the ball and do something fancy and just sort of weave through five defenders. He will barrel through them. If you give him space, he will turn and he will take the shot. He is a finisher. Um, and, you know, it, it was a very, in that sense, it was a very appropriate goal uh, for Dyson to start off his term, his time at Celtic because that's what you can expect from him. If, if, if defenses do, do slack up, if they do not treat him with respect and fear, uh, he will punish them. And the other player that, that made his debut come off the bench was Gucci. Now, we probably didn't see enough of him to make judgment. So I'll just kick off with him. Can you just tell us a little bit about what type of a player we can expect from him when we see more of him? I think he, as you, you saw, uh, Dyson and Leo are more attackers. They're, they're more sort of, you'll see, I mean, you'll see Rayo all over the pitch as you did on Monday and, and going forward. Um, Itaguchi, um, I know, I know it's, I know everyone has adopted Gucci. I'm going to keep saying Itaguchi just because I'm still not used to it, but he well, it was definitely more said, of, call me Gucci. He did, and I think that almost took us a little by, not surprise, but, you know, it's, um, Gucci is a, you know, more of the defensive midfielder. He is the presser. He, if, when the opponents get the ball, he will pressure them. Uh, he will force turnovers. He will get the ball. Um, he is the first line of defense, uh, in a way. And, and, in that sense, he is very well suited uh, for Angela's style because it is that sort of high pressing. You know, they're they're, they're not sitting back and waiting uh, for opponents to bring the ball in, into the the home third, into the defending third, and then forcing the turnover. They are trying to depossess uh, the opposition as high up as possible, and, and that is what Gucci excels at. So, I, I think that he he will work. We were sort of surprised. I mean, given. I know that there were some sort of fitness concerns and injury concerns in central midfield. Uh, it was almost a surprise that he didn't get his start and, and that it was Hatate who got the, the start instead. Uh, but it does show you know, the fact that you've got a player, this, a player this good with this much potential on the bench is scary. Which you know, you alluded to earlier. You know, when was the last time Celtic had a, had a bench that that strong? Uh, the fact that if Kyogo, if and when Kyogo comes back from his hamstring injury, do you start him or do you start Dyson? And does it really matter if you who you start if the other guy is on the bench? It's, a, one, it's, it's you, a wonderful headache to have for Ange. No, it, it, and it, it means that you're not just you know if. If an average sub adds a player, uh, you know, player's worth of, of output when they come on, you've got a player and a half coming on because those are both died in the wool starters. And, and you can, you can bring, you know, if you're bringing Dyson or Kyogo out for, for 20 or 30 minutes and just telling them to go balls out, I mean, that, that is a game maker. Uh, that is a game changer. That is someone who, who uh, can absolutely alter the course of the match. Uh, so 
even yeah, you of course we'd like to see Gucci take more, you know, take more, get more starts eventually. Uh, but even on the bench, I mean, that's a scary weapon to have when you need to close out a game uh, and you need someone who can contribute on, on behind the ball and also, you know, create something in, in the final third. Music to my ears. Dan, and just, we'll, we'll go to um, the other two players. Now you've touched on them. Rayo, um, as I said, a great start. Um, now, all these three players, and Kyogo, are um, Japanese internationals. And one question on all our lips is because we're hearing different reports. We're hearing there's a friendly coming up, but they won't be called. It'll be J-League players. But then we're mm-hmm. hearing it's not coming up because of COVID. Then we're hearing yeah. the competitive games. Um, yeah. They'll all be, you know, in contention. Um, mm-hmm. Can you just fill us in on the dates for these games? Uh, what what the situation is? Because what we're hearing now is if, if like, we could have Carter Vickers with America. We could have uh, Tom Rogic with Australia. And we could have our four Japanese players out. That's six players. I think you need to have three out before you can cancel a game. And the game in question could be the Rangers game. So, you know, could you just give us some clarity? Because I'm hearing mixed, uh, mixed reports and probably reports from people who are just picking up stuff on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me start with, I don't think that you're not going to have all four Japanese players called up. Um, as we were recording this, I guess it's Wednesday morning over there. It's Wednesday night over here. Uh, the squad will be announced on Saturday afternoon here in Japan. So that's in less than three days, in less than 72 hours, I guess um, in 64 hours, uh, as the crow flies, they say, uh, we'll know what's up. So the original plan was that Japan was going to play a friendly against Uzbekistan on Friday the 21st, uh, and the squad for that was all J-League players. That's how it was planned from the start. Uh, It was established as just a way for Hajime Moriyasu, the head coach, to see some new faces, to just see how, you know, players who he didn't really get a chance to spend time with over these last couple of years for various reasons looked. Uh, and so that's the camp that he's working with now. Uh, he's most, mostly new faces and a handful of, and the J league based internationals players like uh, Yuto Nagatomo, uh, Hiroki Sakai, uh, Yuyo Sako, or not Yuyo Sako. I'm thinking of, um, actually I am thinking of Yuyo Sako. Sorry, there's been a lot of uh, transfer moves over the last uh, few months, and, and, and names start to blend together. Um, but yes, Yuya Osako did go to uh, Vistel Kobe over the summer. So, um, Moriyasu is just working with players like that, and then some, some fringe J-League players, young J-League players, um, even players who uh, are potentially in the running for Paris 2024 in terms of the, that under-23 competition. So that game was supposed to happen. Uh, it is not anymore uh, because the government would not allow Uzbekistan to enter the country because of COVID precautions. Uh, the squad will be announced on Saturday, the 22nd, uh, and then the World Cup qualifiers, uh, which are being allowed, uh, will take place, I believe it's China, on January 27th, which is the Thursday. And Saudi Arabia on February 1st, which is a Tuesday. So as far as the four, 
Uh, Chiogo's call-up depends entirely on his injury. Uh, right now, just based on what we're hearing from Ange, doesn't sound good. Uh, I've always said from the start, if Kyogo is healthy, if he can reasonably be called up, he will. Right now, as we record this, it doesn't look like that's the case. Uh, so I'm pretty doubtful that he will get called up. If Kyogo doesn't get called up, that does improve the odds of Daisen Maida being called up. Where are we at in terms of a percentage? You know, I've said 30 last week could be, you know, 35, 40. I think his stock's gone up. I think his, especially if Moriasu has seen uh, his performance for Celtic. Uh, does, so the question is, does Moriasu have enough options at striker that he doesn't need to call up Maida? And the answer is, I'm not sure. To be completely honest, I'm not sure. Um, but, I think treating him as a 50-50 selection isn't out of line. Uh, Hatate, you know, I think his stock went up with Monet's performance. Uh, I think that Moriasu would like to call him up, uh, but I'm sure that Celtic are saying, well, if you're not going to play him, like we don't want you calling him up and risking you know, the tra- and dealing with the travel and the potential risk for injury just to have him ride the bench or just to not even include him in the squad. Uh, the JFA, the Japan Football Association, does have an office in Europe. Uh, they work pretty closely with European clubs to deal with call-ups to make sure that everything's smooth. Uh, they do want to maintain these relationships uh, and make sure that the players are happy and that the clubs are happy. Um, so where that goes, it's sort of hard for me to say. I, you know, I would peg Hatate's odds at maybe 25-30%. I wouldn't say he's a sure guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. But if he did get a call-up, I wouldn't be totally surprised, and neither should anyone listening. And Idaguchi, I just don't think he's in the picture right now. Um, it's not enough that he was you know, moved to Celtic. He's got to perform. He's got to play. He's got to get minutes. So that's where we're at. I think that Kyogo probably out, Maida 50-50, Rayo 25-30. If that answers your, your question. No, no, it does because it's it's just one that's been going It's a few people have said it and like, there's so much happening. Just, sometimes you just get confused. There is. You know, and it, it is, um, again, because like I know like I tweet something and then everyone loses their mind. And I, I, I think, I hope that over the course of everything, I mean, I, I, we have our fun. I have my fun with Celtic fans. They have their fun with me. Uh, but I've always said from the start, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm going to give you my opinion. I'm going to tell you where things look like they stand. And if they change after, I mean, they change after it's a, you know, it's football. There's moving, there's, Plenty of there's 22 moving parts on the field, and that doesn't even count uh, off the pitch. So, um, this is a very unique situation. Japan needs these wins more than anything. If Japan wins these two games, uh, we are probably going to the World Cup, and that will be of great relief to just about everyone involved. Uh, but they are not easy opponents. Um, you were talking about late January, early February in at Saitama Stadium at night. 
Uh, these will be the first full capacity games the national team has played since 2019. Um, definitely the biggest, I think the biggest crowd that the national team will have played in front of since pre pandemic. And those fans are all going to be masked. They're not going to be allowed to cheer. No singing. Um, you know, it's going to be weird. Uh, but the players all know what's at stake. So it's going to be a really interesting set of games uh, to watch. And great, great uh, information from you, as always. Um, I'll be I'll be watching um, the announcement of the squad with great interest. Uh, hoping our players are not called up. Hoping Kyogo gets fit. But just, just you know, in, in the Japanese setup is... It, when Kyogo's fit, is he ahead of Meira? Yeah, I think I think right now, yes. Um, those of us who have followed the who follow the national team, we've said for months that Kyogo should be ahead of everyone uh, in terms of the depth chart. Um, Yuya, we don't think that Yuya Osako should be the lone striker up front. You know, it shouldn't be. You know, Minamino just doesn't quite have it. Um, I think that. Kyogo should be the face of this national team heading into the World Cup if we qualify. Um, I think that he has um, the skills. I think he has the, the the character. I think he has the ability. I think he has the potential. Uh, you know, I don't know if Maida is a World Cup starter yet, uh, but if he keeps up this form, if he keeps up up his 2021 form at Celtic. Uh, he should be in the squad when November rolls around. I think that he's definitely got that potential. Well, we we, we will listen and, and watch with keen interest. Dan, you're, you're, uh, just before I let you go, you're heading off to the Winter Olympics, I believe. Yeah, um, that will be in Beijing for, I guess, the first sort of half of the Olympics. So I will miss the Derby, assuming it goes on, assuming that, you know, Celtic aren't short half a dozen internationals and have to reschedule. I, I'm not 100% on what the, the premiership's rules are, but uh, hopefully, actually, I'm not sure. I think it'll be 3.35 in the morning in Beijing, so I'll, I'll, I will sadly probably have to watch the highlights, but uh, I do look forward to, to hearing what goes down. And uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting uh, to cover this after covering the Olympics last year. And um, going to be weird, but exciting and uh, looking forward to it. Dan, thank you so much, as always, for your contribution and your knowledge of the, the J-League and the Japanese players that we've uh, welcomed to Celtic and they have been welcomed there's been a great um, feel good factor They've, they've, and I'm sure they felt very welcome on Monday night when they saw so many Japanese flags in, in the crowd I, I'll tell you you know you're singing you'll never walk alone before a game sooner or later it's going to have to switch over to the, our national anthem I should say Japan's national anthem not mine personally but it's only 30 seconds long. It's one of, I think one of the shortest national anthems in the world. It's not, that, it's not uh, too much to add on. Um, but no, it is um, seeing 
um, Ida walk on, uh, you know, and, and seeing seeing the, the the giant Japanese flag being waved behind them. I think the fans yeah, here love fabulous, it. Fabulous image, isn't it? It, it? The fans love it, and uh, I, I think that football fans here are very appreciative uh, of the love and respect uh, for the Japanese game that Celtic fans uh, have. have have shown and we hope it continues. Uh, it's, it's just good, good for us to see it, especially in these times. And, uh, we hope that all four of those players keep uh, getting it done. So do we folks. Thanks very much for watching. Thanks to Dan. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe, follow, uh, and the alarm button so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on audio on the Celtic soul podcast, please hit the subscribe or follow button on your preferred platform. Be that Apple's, Spotify, Acast, Podbean, oh, whatever one you're on. Issue 119 of More Than 90 Minutes is now available, but you can visit our website, CelticFanzine.com, where you'll find all our news, daily articles, and how to purchase the fanzine, both digital and in print format, for use old-timers like myself. And if you want to support us, you can do so visiting the website where you can donate for the price per point. So, folks, once again, thank you to Dan. Dan, I'll leave the last word to you. Oh, you're killing me. I, I didn't have anything prepared for this. Uh, no, um, I guess follow me, Twitter, I stayed at Tokyo, follow the Japan Times at uh, JT underscore sports, um, you know, and do get ready to follow the J League. We open in a, about a month. Uh, I think the season starts, the Super Cup is on February 12th, and the season starts on the 18th or 19th. Uh, so if you like what you've gotten, uh, we've got plenty more, and uh, it's an amazing league, and I hope to, to be able to teach you guys all about it in, in the months to come. We'll leave it with that, folks. Hail, hail to everyone out there. Get tuned into the J-League, but keep tuning into us. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 